I think most Christians go to church every Sunday feeling like second-class Christians because they're not a pastor or a Mm quote-unquote full-time missionary, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is the most ridiculous term I've ever heard. Full time missionary, right? Well, like, that means you have benefits. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Welcome back. Keep Austin weird. Keep, well, and we are. We're making it as weird as we possibly can. Welcome to the bonus episode. We're here on Friday. Back with Jordan Rayner. We're going we're gonna to bring him fully into the show here in a second. But welcome to the Beatitudes. This is a podcast for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness and humor with, uh, as they pursue God with one another. So working together, we, we take the gospel seriously, but not ourselves. Amen. Yes. So, uh, so my name is Paul Kolker, and I'm joined as always by Jeff Scheffelbein. Howdy, howdy. And Nicholas Besner. I'm Nick Besner. <laughs> Classic intro, and uh, it gets funnier with age. Were you an, were you an accountant, Nick? <laughs> I, yeah, can you tell? Yeah, I uh, uh, but yes, but we're here in Austin. This is our now technically our second road mm-hmm. show. Uh, but we're here with Jordan Rayner. He's about to go give a talk at DCX. We got to we got to learn a lot about creation and about. Wait, hold on. He yeah. has this like new speaker. That's going to be either an opener or maybe right after him that nobody's ever heard of named Tim Tebow. What? Who's that guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I'm hoping is you just don't intimidate this guy. Like, yeah. Try to be Stature. soft. Try yeah. to be soft. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'll try. <laughs> From everything. what I've heard. Yeah. Try. You know, uh, someday he's going to sign this table. Yeah. <laughs> we're willing it. Yeah. We're, yes. <laughs> it's out there now. I love it. Or you could just it's say, out there. I know Tim Tebow, and you can sign it. I'll sign it for you. I'll sign Tim's name. Yeah. I have authority to do that. Uh, no, but last time we were talking about creation and about yep. how all of our work participates in God's creation because he created us to create. And yes. so go back and watch that episode if you haven't seen it yet. It was phenomenal, uh, inspiring for all of us sitting in here right now. Um, but Jordan, you said that you also uh, want, like, it's not just about that first commission. Yes. There's also the Great Commission. Yeah. And so how how we do that now is maybe different than how we would have done it even just 20 or 30 years ago, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's exactly right. We, we talked pretty much the whole time in the first episode of, hey, the Great Commission is not the only commission. Christians have a dual vocation, the Great Commission and the, to make disciples, the first commission to create culture. But yeah, to, to your point, Paul— the, the way we go about the Great Commission has got to look different than it did in my parents' generation, your mm. parents' generation. I don't know how old Jeff is. He's looking pretty old. So maybe, <laughs> maybe in his generation. <laughs> I, Jordan, I have, the spirit I have of the show. seven kids. I'm only 30. <laughs> this gray hair is Man. just only 30. <laughs> Wait, Man. when did you start having kids? <laughs> Jeez. Don't worry. But, uh, no, but I talk a lot about in this book because the, the sacredness of secular work, the goal is to help readers see how their work matters for eternity. And one of the ways that work matters for eternity is that you can leverage your job to the instrumental end of sharing the gospel with those you work with. Um, and, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of people who have done this really, really well. And there's a couple of, of, of common things that they do to be effective at making disciples in the workplace. I'll just give you a few. Number one, they are so good that their coworkers cannot ignore them. Mm, yep. Right? They are world that's class. That's Jeff. <laughs> that's Jeff. Nick's like, yeah, dibs, that's me. Dibs. 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 Um, no, they're, they're no, exceptional right. in what they do. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in this, in this cultural moment, uh, Paul, talks about, Paul talks about working with our hands so that we may win the respect of outsiders. Mediocrity mm. doesn't win the respect of anybody, mm. right? Mastery 
does, right? So the people who are really good at making disciples are really, really good at what they do, but they're not just excellent at their craft. They're also really good people, right? They are the people in their offices that care about other people beyond their productivity. And then third, I would say, you know, the, the people who are disciple making machines are really good at intentionally steering conversations from what I call the surface to the serious, to the spiritual, because most of our conversations cool. with non-believers are super, super surface level. It's like, how was the game? Uh, what'd you do this weekend? We talk about yeah. nothing. No layups. No, no, <laughs> no layups. And uh, I came across this practice by William Wilberforce, who is an expert at this that I like he love. He was a Wilbur to be forced. He was a Wilbur of a force. So for those who don't know, Wilberforce is most famous for, no big deal, um, abolishing the slave trade throughout the British Empire in the yeah. late 1700s. Okay. Yeah. NBD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was also a disciple-making machine, but most historians agree that he led about 200 members of parliament to faith in Jesus Christ wow. in his 30 years in parliament. Here's how he did it. He kept a really simple journal that he called his list of launchers. And so this very, very simple journal, he have a name of somebody, Sally. And next to Sally's name, he would have a list of conversation starters or topics to launch those conversations from the surface to the serious to the spiritual, mm. right? I've adopted this over the last few years, and it has opened up more conversations to share the gospel than ever before. So, for example, uh, my hairdresser is a uh, lapsed Catholic. So we're recording this in October. On my launchers list right now is the next time I see her to ask her, hey, um, what Christmas traditions do you guys have yeah. as a family? Mm. Service level, like what do your kids do? What do they yeah. like? Do you guys like watching Christmas movies? Cool. Um, did you go to Christmas mass, right, as a kid? Did you go to mass regularly as a kid? Mm. And then spiritual is, hey, why don't you go today? Mm. I know you guys don't go. Like talk to me about that. Yeah. What's your history with it? So just a tiny bit of intentionality. It's literally like, I don't know, two lines of text in a Google Doc on my phone. Yeah. But before I go into my next haircut, I'm going to pull that up, look at my launchers, and try to steer that conversation from the service to the serious to the spiritual. I hope everybody's hearing that. That is such an incredible practical tool. And the other part of it is it also flies in the face of what some people want to do, which is, why don't you go to mass anymore? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just just right away. Yeah. You know, same haircut. What's wrong with you? That's right. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, there's a big difference in the approach, too, because you're with that intentionality and that preparation. You are already loving that person before you're even in the room with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about them. Yeah. Right. I'm treating them as a person rather than a salvation project. Yeah. And trying to get right. to know them and where they're coming from. And I don't do this perfectly, right? But I found it to be a tremendously helpful tool. Um, but, and because here's the deal, right? The people in our neighborhoods, the people in our offices, they are desperate for truth. They just don't want to admit it, right? And yeah. we've got the market cornered on truth in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> right. And so just with a little bit of intentionality, I find in my experience, people are ready to open up, but we, we got to do the work uh, of trying to, trying to steer the conversation in that direction. But, but you're also, because you're moving in that pattern, yeah. you are building a relationship in the process as well. Yes. So it's not just, okay, let me check that box mm -hmm. at the end so that I feel better that I tried to evangelize. It's, yeah. hey, how did, I, how did I reach you where you are? 
Yeah, and it's also why I spent so much time in this book talking about how our work matters, even when we don't get that chance to explicitly share the gospel. Sure, sure. Because I find a lot of Christians today, we want to microwave people into belief in Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, we want beep, press button, beep, 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 done, like one 30 cup. seconds. Man, but like, that's not how no, faith you grows. You gotta slow roast them. This is what Paul's about, slow roast <laughs> Rotisserie. Them, right? Rotisserie yeah. style. Jeez, this got off track. No, sorry. Uh, man. No, but like, this is what Paul's talking about. I think it's in first Corinthians three, you know, one person plants the seed, another person waters, but it is God who is making the thing grow, right? Like God's job is fruitfulness. Yeah. Our job is faithfulness, but we got to show up and be faithful and do a little bit of work to steward the people that he's put in our lives and to lead them to the one true God. I always love that because I'm thinking about when you're in those working environments and those, and we talk about excellence in work, you know, that that's attractive and people, that I think is also one of the synonymous with what you're saying here, joyful people are attractive. If I look yes. at somebody and I say, man, I know this guy didn't hit his sales numbers or the accounting department has been staying late because they're trying to do a quarter close. And there's the one person who still operates with joy. Um, the person who, you know, they have a sick relative, you know that they're going through whatever because joy doesn't mean you're not sad or exhausted and it's not synonymous with happiness, right. but it's a fruit of the Holy spirit that you see come through people. And yes. that's where people say, what do you have that I don't? And it's vitamin Jesus. Yes. <laughs> but this is why, when, when did we release the previous episode? Was that on Monday? Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is why I spent so much time talking about how our work matters beyond the Great Commission. Here's the irony. For the first time in church history in the last 200 years, we have treated the Great Commission as the exclusive mission that Jesus gave us, which is an unbiblical lie. The irony is when we treat the Great Commission as, as the only commission, we become less effective at the Great Commission because I go to work and when I don't have an opportunity to share the gospel, I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like God's disappointed with me. I feel a disconnect between my faith, which I call the most important thing in my life, and the thing I spend most of my life doing. But when you understand that God cares about 100% of your time at work and not just your explicit acts of evangelism, you become fully alive doing the work, fully joyful doing the work, and fully alive people attract the loss like honey attracts bees. Yeah, you don't even have to do, you don't even have to be smart. No, <laughs> no. You're fully alive. Fully I think alive. about all these times I watch these missionaries, you know, they leave college, they go off to do this missionary work, they're on fire for Jesus, and then they leave that, and then they have to go get a job, and they always use the word just. Oof. I'm just an accountant. I just work in my church office now. I just do the. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you every day are working with people producing some good or service for the common good of humanity. If you do it with excellence and for the love of Christ, then it is absolutely answering that call instead of the opposite. What you're saying is deteriorating it. And oh, by the way. It is mere Christians working as accountants and janitors and baristas, not religious professionals, who have always yes. been the most effective at the Great Commission. <laughs> there's a there's a really dense but great book uh, by Dr. Michael Green called Evangelism in the Early Church. He's exploring how did Christianity explode in the first few centuries. Here's what he found. 80% or more of conversions in the first three centuries of Christianity came about not through full-time missionaries and people mm -hmm. preaching in synagogues. 
it came about through mere Christians working as shepherds, working in wine stalls, working in markets, whatever it was. And the same is true today. We are living at a cultural moment where people are less likely than ever to darken the door of a church to learn about Jesus for the first time. So where are they going to learn about him? Through you, believer, working shoulder to shoulder with them out in the world. It is time for the church to scatter once again, not just as full-time missionaries, although that's very important, not just as church planters, but scattering into Google and Amazon and corporate America in your local coffee shop, because that is where the lost are. That's where they're spending their time. Let's go rush to them, love them well, do our work with excellence because it's what God created us to do in the first commission. And when we do win tons of chances to explicitly engage in the great commission. I think just something that I'm sensing or feeling right now is that this is going to be a message of a lot of freedom for a lot of our listeners because because you're not saying that missionary work is bad no and you're not saying that explicit church work is bad correct but it's this emphasis that that can shift ever so slightly so that somebody doesn't feel like they're a less than good christian for maybe not wanting to go do that or not feeling called to go do that god maybe hasn't put that vocation on their heart and and so but they can still be salt and light in wherever they find themselves i think most christians go to church every sunday feeling like second-class Christians because they're not a pastor or a Mm quote-unquote full-time missionary, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is the most ridiculous term I've ever heard, (laughs) full-time missionary, right? That means you have benefits. uh, Yeah, Yeah. right, exactly. (laughs) Right, a 401k. (laughs) No, but listen, if if we understand that this first commission to make culture in Genesis 1 is the thing God made us to do in the beginning— the thing God redeemed us to do on the cross. See Ephesians 2.10. Why have we been saved? Paul says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, i.e. redeemed, i.e. saved for the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do, right? It's the thing we're going to be doing for eternity on the new earth as we talked about in the last episode. And so I have freedom to fully engage in the work that I know deep in my bones God made me to do. You're sitting there right now listening to this pick. I know God made me to be a songwriter. I know he made me to be an accountant. When I build a spreadsheet, I feel God's pleasure. You know his love language. He does. does. Right? When he does an index match, mm, Mm. man, index, oof. Yeah, data to column, so hot right now. Um, No, but but by my prayer with this book, you, you nailed it, Paul, is freedom to fully embrace that work as just as much ministry as a pastor or religious professional. Wow. You talked about mere Christians. Yeah. That's the name of your podcast too, it is. right? Yeah. Tell just us. stealing from Lewis. Just oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I knew you didn't make that one up. <laughs> <laughs> we stole Beatitudes. <laughs> yeah, which is why you can't find us on Google. Yeah, it turns the... out they got more hits than us <laughs> yeah. when he spoke on the mount. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, jeez. And uh, on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're Beatitudes on the mound. Um <laughs> I don't know. Flower Mound? Yes. <laughs> Closer to there. So here's a question for you. Uh, how can listeners follow you, find you? You got a couple of different things out there. I know the book. We can talk about that again, but also you got some great stuff that you're putting out. Oh, yeah. We got so many free resources. My, my mission in life is to help you understand how the, the 
unabridged gospel of Jesus Christ influences your work Monday through Friday. And we got tons of free resources to help you do that at jordanrainer.com, the Mere Christians podcast. I have a weekly devotional called The Word Before Work that drops every Monday morning. T-W-B-W. You got it. And and then, yeah, and then we got this new project, The Sacredness of Secular Work, Four Ways Your Job Matters for Eternity, Even When You're Not Sharing the Gospel. Literally the longest title of all time. Uh, And I'm pretty proud of that. I'm pretty proud of setting records on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm all in on it have you finished the book no i haven't finished the title, I finished the title. <laughs> but, uh, i'm still still going yeah. you know out of all those where do you get the most joy is it writing is it you know oh, going back a, to your white house that's days a really that's a really good question i get the most joy in writing oh. i love podcasting i love meeting amazing people um and by amazing i don't mean famous we just released an episode uh today with a warehouse manager i listened um, that was awesome. yeah, yeah yeah um no, but I love I love doing the incredibly hard work of simplifying really complicated ideas. Like I, I love being stuck on a problem in a Google Doc and having to take a thirty minute walk to work it all out. And no, I love that. That's what a Google fellow does. <laughs> That's it. Go back to the Monday episode <laughs> to see that reference. He could have used Word, but no. no. That's the hard enemy. Pass. That's hard the pass. enemy. Hard pass. Yeah. All right, just a little surprise twist here to finish off. You got three young daughters. I do. Uh, the four-year-old, uh, four years into adoption. Yeah. Can you talk to us? How do we raise kids? What are we supposed to do? What if, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. I am an adequate father at best. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'll say this. I think I'm thinking a lot about how to talk to our kids about work. Yeah. Um, in fact, we just published last year my first kids book um, to help them understand this first commission is the thing God made them to do. I, I read, I've I've read so many children's books to my kids on the creation account of Genesis one. And they all drive me bonkers mm. uh, because they're all essentially the same thing, right? God created this on day one, that on day two, day three, four, five, six, the end. We treat the sixth day as the end of creation. The sixth day was just the beginning of creation. Mm. The sixth day, God passed this largely blank canvas of a world to us and said, fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it and create like I did, right? And so it's trying to help kids see that. So you get to the sixth day of creation, like, I don't know, like a couple of pages into the book. And it says, and now you might think that our story is ending, but this is just the beginning because God made you to look like him, to act and work and create with him. That is the purpose of our life, to be with him and create with him for his glory and the good of others. That's what we see on almost every page of scripture. And so I'm just trying to help my kids see that and failing at that uh and you know <laughs> sounds like you're doing the picture book was a good and everything else is you know messy how do you Parenting's then you, messy. you're traveling you're speaking you're yeah. writing people want your attention i'm sure your phone blows up and people are trying to get a hold of you how do you give your kids their due Ooh. attention when you can and so if you need you me to edit this. this out because you're not no. <laughs> no listen listen i'm not good at a lot of parenting i'm really good at this by god's grace yes um, so my, I track this, this is, you're going to appreciate this as a spreadsheet guy. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet that tracks how many times my kids have seen me on my phone inside of my house. Mm. Uh, we're recording this in October this year. They have seen me on my phone inside my house seven times. Whoa. I quit. So, so. Hang up your cleats, Jeff. This is actually. All right. So hold on. Hold on. I'm going to tell you how to do this. How much time do we have? Can we keep going? Whatever you want. Okay. Can we go on this? All right. So um, the key is 
I have taken control over when I check my incoming messages. And before you say, oh, you're a writer, you could do it. I was doing this when I was running a 150 person company. So it's real, real, real simple. Let me give you five steps of taking control over when you check your messages. Number one, choose ahead of time when you're going to check your messages. Instead of letting incoming text notifications and emails let you decide when you're going to check your messages, I, believe me, you have some control over this device. Um, and so maybe, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to check it at 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m., 4 p.m., whatever. That's step one. Step two, build a list of VIPs who will have access to you at all times and not just those predetermined times. Mm -hmm. My VIP list is my wife, my assistant. When I was running a big team, it was my direct reports, right? Step three, pull out your iPhone, add all those people to your favorites list so that when you turn your phone on do not disturb, calls from those people alone are going to come through, not their text messages, not their emails or Slack messages, not every Instagram notification of somebody liking yet another picture of your dog. It's not that cute, right? That's it. Choose, choose when you're going to check your messages, build a list of VIPs, add them to your favorites list on your iPhone or your people list if you're an Android user. Step four, you got to set expectations with your VIPs about your new response time. Mm. You go to them, very simple message. Hey, I'm trying to be more focused at home with my kids. I'm trying to be more focused at work. Here's how you can help me. From now on, I'm only checking my phone at X, Y, and Z times. However, you're a VIP in my life, okay? If you send this to your spouse, don't use the term VIP. Yeah, they love Pro that. tip. <laughs> Pro tip, okay? Uh, but so if you need me more urgently than that, do not email me. I won't see it. Don't text me. I won't see it. But if you call me on my cell, I'll answer every single time. Step five, when you get home, from work and you want to be fully present with your kids and show them just how much you love them, take your phone and put it somewhere that it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. So for me, it's my master bathroom. My phone stays in my master bathroom from 5 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. when my kids go to bed every single night and I do not touch it, right? But here's what I do. My ringer is on my phone. Right. And so if one of my VIPs calls and needs something truly urgent, which PS they rarely do, right? I can go, I basically converted my cell phone into a landline for two and a half hours. Yeah. I go into my master bathroom, I look at it, I make a decision on whether or not I'm gonna answer it. If I answer it, I stay in there, take the phone call real quickly, then put it back and go back. Why do I do that? Because if my phone stays in my pocket, I will check it incessantly because I am an addict. And frankly, uh, what's going on on my phone and my email sometimes is more exciting than playing PJ masks with my four-year-old, right? <laughs> and so, but by doing that, I could be fully present with my kids. And my goal is that they never remember seeing me on my phone in my house. And by God's grace, that simple practice is helping me do it. I've wanted to meet you for many, many months after my friend Guin Kendrick introduced me to you over a year ago. So this is a blessing. But what you just imparted to all of us is a blessing to my kids so thank you. And yeah. I'll tell my wife that you said to call your wife in my top 10. <laughs> like, she made MySpace you, you top eight. <laughs> Nailed it. We love MySpace Nailed at the Beatitudes. Love it. Love oh, it. my goodness. Well, well real quick, please. backtrack. Um, for our Gen Z listeners, a landline <laughs> is a phone that you don't carry on your person. <laughs> and MySpace.com was the first one that you could do social on. Yes, that was the first one. There's a yeah. Jordan Rainer rock band on MySpace. What? Is it, are you related? This is true. No, no, I'm it's in you. the rock band. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it's still, oh, it's still there. It's still off of college. 
Yeah, I can't believe it's still there. That Amazing. Is and we can like press play and press play. Uh, last time I checked, I checked it like two years ago. We'll yeah. just outro with that music. Outro if we with can. that. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. on it. We, uh, when we started this little thing, we found somebody who had something called the Beatitudes, and they published one thing ever. So we just blitzed the whole market and trademarked it. So all that's done. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. You are not in my top favorites. That's um, right. No, God bless those people. So. Uh, <laughs> I nice so recovery. Passive. Blessing on your household. Jordan, these two have been around me so long now that they, I love building cultures at work that are called like a surprise and delight moment, but they figured out all I want to do is surprise people to delight myself. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Kind of surprise just, you yeah. delight me. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a unique twist on surprise and delight. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, all right, yeah. so jordanrainer.com is a great place for people to go and get connected, get started, find yeah. what avenue or avenues they want to be a part of all of this great stuff that you're putting out here. I want to say, if anybody didn't listen to the first episode, go back. There's a man named Rick who we can thank for speaking truth into your life because Rick knew you were a starter and somebody who was going to co-create yeah. and to help God's word to be present to all of us, especially in the working world. You're a blessing. Um, and I like you better than I like Tim Tebow right now. Oh man, jeez, I hate Tim Tebow. I went to Florida State, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth comes out. Him, be sure to give him the stiff arm tonight. Y'all ought to fight on stage. Love Tim. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that goes. Funny, he's jeez. saying that knowing this episode won't air before tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jordan, you're a blessing to us. I hope everybody out there gets a chance to follow along with all your great work. It's been a blast being in Austin, Texas, where it, they're keeping it weird and we're keeping it holy because by being here, we've made Austin holy. Yeah, there we go. As we learned. <laughs> That's that, right. Yeah. Instantly sacred, Austin. <laughs> Keep Austin sacred. That, hey, there hey, you go. There I go. love it. That is trending right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Keep Austin sacred. Love it. All right, with that, we will uh, see the rest of you Wherever we see you next, hopefully on the podcast and beyond. And then we will also see, see you in the Eucharist. God, God bless. bless you. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.